Welcome to the Faith-Led Business Podcast, a home for entrepreneurs who want to take their God-given gifts and use them to strategically create a legacy of success for themselves and the people that they serve. My name is Monica Perez Burnett. I am your host, mom of eight with two sets of twins. I am a visibility coach, lover of all things tech, and I aim for you to live a life of faith over fear. Hey there, I'm super excited about seeing you all this morning. I hope you are doing amazingly well. Today is an awesome day. We are starting it off with a word from the Lord for us entrepreneurs. We have been on a journey. We are literally 25 days away from completing a full year together every single day of the week. If that is not a testimony to God's goodness, to God's faithfulness, to God's commitment to us when we commit to him, honestly, I don't know what is. And so I am super excited to be sharing with you guys today because even though like even just this is is an awesome thing and we are just moving forward and we're doing so much, The truth is, the enemy is just still on the hunt, still on the prowl. And many of us have not yet understood who we are. And so it is so easy to, instead of staying steadfast, to... I don't even know what the word is. What's the opposite of steadfast? To be... Uh, something that's fleeting, something that just doesn't last long, something that withers away quickly. We don't want to be those people because we are called to do a good work in and through him. So today we're going to be taking a look at how we can do this. And there are lots of different ways. But, uh, but the Lord is good and he's going to give each of us a word. If you believe that someone that you know or some random person that goes onto your timeline needs to hear a word today, feel free to sprinkle this out to them because you never know. You could be the catalyst of them hearing something that could help them make a change, help them to decide something different for their lives. So feel free to go ahead and share this if that is something you feel convicted to do. All right, let's get started, shall we? We are going to be taking a look at Job 13:15. And this is what it says. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. My hope will be in him. My hope will be in him. What could possibly be good about the word disappointment? What could possibly be good? Only this, the possibility of God's presence. It's interesting that the word appointment is right there embedded into the word disappointment. Have you heard throughout this year 
where God has been telling you, I have an appointment with you. I have an appointment. I have a time and a place that I want to meet you, that I want to see you, that I want to speak to you, that I want to show you something that is going to surprise you, that I want to show you something completely contradictory to what everyone else says, does, or thinks. There is an appointment. Many of us choose to go to the appointment. Most of us choose to cancel. Choose to cancel. I believe that if you knew God had something for you at the, that appointment, most of the time you would do your best to show up. But many of us are in a place and in a state where we don't even know that we have the appointment. We haven't written it into our calendars yet. It's really interesting. Disappointment takes something from us. A dream, a piece of our hearts, maybe a whole chunk. But disappointment also leaves something. A lesson learned, an opportunity, and the possibility of choosing a different life for yourself, for your family, and as entrepreneurs for your clients as well. The enemy, however, would like for us to feel such deep disappointment that we never find our way back to God. Have any of you ever felt that before? Where you are in such deep disappointment because of what someone did, someone left, someone did do or didn't do. And it just made you feel so bad. And it puts you in a state and in a place where you were so in your feelings that those feelings, which are oftentimes lies, was not letting you see the bigger vision, the bigger picture, was not letting you go to the appointment with Christ himself who was there in that moment to show you what that moment truly reflected. It could have been a protection for you. It could have been a moment for you to see people who, for who they really are. It could have been a moment for you to see who your friends truly were. It could have been a moment for you to see, this is probably not something I want to be investing my time or money in. It could be a moment where you're disappointed in yourself. And that becomes an opportunity for you to say, I need to make a change. I'm no longer going to stand for this. This is no longer worth it. I need to make a change. The enemy wants to convince us to stay stuck in our disappointment in hopes that we'll miss the future appointments with God. See, 
He wants us to get to the point of despair where we just don't see God as an option. He wants us to feel that, what is that, uh, that song, c'est la vie, whatever will be, will be. It's not the way that God intended for us to live. It's not whatever will be, will be. Therefore, oh well, life sucks and I'm just going to have to learn to live in a sucky life. That is not biblical. That song is not biblical. And our adoption of that belief and our vocalizing of that belief is straying us away from him more and more. It's making us miss more of those appointments with him. And it's literally separating us from our blessings, from our promise, from our hope, from our future, from our destiny, and from the transformation that could happen if we didn't let ourselves go to that place. When Job faced massive disappointment and he asked God a lot of anguish questions, God never did provide answers as to why Job's life had unfolded as it did. What God did give Job was himself. And as it turned out, that was more than enough to propel him onward toward a brighter future, one where God restored to him far more than he had ever lost. That disappointment was restored far more because Job realized that he didn't need all the things that he thought he needed. All he needed was him. And I truly believe that we forget that all we need is him. We had a beautiful time in prayer a couple of podcasts ago where we got to spend some time with him. And I'm going to read to you something here in the John Maxwell Bible that I thought went very well with what we're talking about. It says, once again, I'll read to you Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. The statement confounds the nominal Christians, yet it is exactly that kind of information, affirmation that God uses to build his kingdom in the darkest places on earth. Though he slay me, Job says, yet will I hope in him. Statements like this shake the very gates of hell. What can stop a leader who, had made, who has made this kind of declaration? Think about that for one second. What can stop a leader who makes this kind of declaration? Though he slay me. In other words, if I kick the bucket, if I'm gone, if I die, 
that's not going to stop me from hoping in him. No pain, not death, not hardship will separate that person who declares that from God. And this is a really interesting example. It says, why has terrorism, for instance, become such an inter international problem? It's because the people who are terrorists believe so deeply in whatever it is they've been told that they are willing to go all in unto death. So it doesn't really matter what's coming at them. They are already expecting to sacrifice themselves for their cause. Then who can move someone who has that kind of determination, that kind of commitment, that kind of all inness is that a word? <laughs> when have you ever been or I ever been in a place of commitment where I would say, I believe in this so deeply that I would be willing to lose my life for it? It's very easy to say it. But how many of you have actually been in a position to do it? Unless you are a person who is in law enforcement or in the army or any of these services where you know you're putting your life on the line, in your average job, I don't think you're expecting to put out such a strong commitment unto death. This is where Job finally ended up willing to give up his life for God. Only in that position do we find complete liberation, free from any temptation, threat, bribe, sin, or enticement. When we can say with the Apostle Paul that we have already died, Galatians 20, 2.20, then we will have reached the place where God can really use us. So we have been in this process of molding, of refining over this year. And now God is telling us, guess what? I want to use you. I want to use you. I want you to be the one that shares your life openly, that shares your thoughts, that shares your inspiration. I want you to be the beacon that brings people home. And you need to be willing to sacrifice it all. You need to adopt the attitude of faith, of faith. We were talking about being kingdom-minded. I believe it was yesterday or a couple days ago. And how, how is it that we are supposed to reflect the kingdom here on earth? How would we walk? How would we talk? How would we speak? See, 
In the kingdom, things don't work by effort. They work by believing. And so if you are in a state of effort right now, of striving, which is extremely common for entrepreneurs, because we kind of have that tendency of perfection, of drive, of go, 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 go. And if you're not moving, if you're not doing things, then you just feel like something is off. But the, the big issue with that is that we fall into the trap of it never being enough. And so we just keep producing and doing and doing and doing with no fruit behind that doing. And we don't want to be people who do not bear fruit. Those kinds of trees wither away. Remember the fig tree? Remember what happened to it? It wasn't a good ending for that fig tree. Jesus literally cursed that fig tree because it did not bear fruit. And so being kingdom-minded means I don't have to strive. Means I don't have to work. I get to work. I get to work because I believe that through this work, God's hand is moving. I get to work because I believe that at the other end of this, there is that divine appointment. Even if I have to reach it through many, many, many disappointments. And he's saying to you today, you don't have to be working for something. He wants you to work because of something. Because of him. Because he is worth it. Because you have made the commitment to be all in. And you actually, by showing that commitment and making it so deep in your heart and mind, you actually get to rest. You actually get to rest. The biggest testimony of faith is rest, my friends, is rest. Did you ever think of that? Remember, we're talking about striving and striving and striving. The biggest testimony of faith is rest. Because when you're resting, you're not worrying. When you're resting, you're not stressed. When you're resting, you're not anxious about anything. Where have you heard those words before? Don't be anxious about anything. And so I think it's an awesome word because we're able to now do a self-check. We've been using the word feeling. I feel, I feel. I'm feeling this way or that way as a self-check. 
every time that word comes up, a huge radar should come up in your mind. You should be like looking out for it. You should have binoculars looking for that word every single time someone else says it and every single time you say it. Because when you do, you have the opportunity to evaluate that feeling. And you have an opportunity to compare it to the word of God. And if it's not in alignment, you get to say, oh no, this feeling is not from him. Therefore, I get to cast it out and I get to adopt a new feeling, a new way of being, a new belief, a new truth. And I choose to rest in that truth. I choose to rest there. In the same way, if you're striving and working hard and you feel overwhelmed, you can have another barometer here, which is rest. He says he will give you his peace. He says he will make your life effortless when you are with him. It's the whole concept of being all in. There is no effort. There's nothing too difficult when you're willing to give your life for it. That's the ultimate hardest thing ever. Nothing can compare to it. That's literally the hardest thing ever you will ever have to face in your lifetime to give your life for something. And so if you don't feel that your life is effortless because of him, because we have an effortless God, a God who controls time, who controls hearts, who controls the world, and is able to make it dance in this beautiful symphony, that it kind of blows our minds when you when you go into your science books and you're like, oh my gosh, look at the gazillion kinds of flowers there are out there. Look at all these creatures that we don't even know about. They're at the bottom of the ocean. I mean, it boggles the mind all of the things that are happening at once. And when God says that he will give you rest, that rest is important, because he rested on the seventh day, then we need to start paying attention to that word more. And it's not about going and taking a nap. It's about knowing. Knowing. Therefore, your brain doesn't even go to that place of fight or flight. Wouldn't that be amazing if your brain would never have to go into a place of fight or flight? You wouldn't need to because you know the king of kings. You know who's in charge. You know who's got you. You know who has the bigger plan. You know that when you are disappointed in one area, He has an appointment for you in another area. And when things don't turn out 
as you are expecting to in your business, then your response is, oh, I guess that wasn't the way that you wanted this outcome to happen. So let's see what else you've got. Let's see what else you've got. It was just like that story, and I mentioned this one a few, um, I don't know, maybe it was like a month ago, but it just came back to remembrance. So I'll share it again because for some of you, maybe it's new. I was listening to a story of Blake Curry where many, many years ago, he was in a place, two very young children, one in diapers, one barely out of diapers. They were broke, literally broke. And he was asking God, saying he needed $300 to be able to make the payments that they needed for their house, for whatever they needed at the end of the month. And he heard a word from God saying, you need to sow a seed. So he decided to go and, uh, and go to the pawn shop and take some of his like cassette recorder things. And anyways, he got like $35 out of the stuff that he had found in his home to sell. He went and he bought some diapers for his kids. And then he said, I'm going to go sow this seed. Where do you want me to sow whatever's left? And then he was given this particular church that was like many, many, many miles. And he didn't have a car. He only had a bike. And this was in Texas. And in the blazing hot sun, he had to ride his bike. I think it was like at six, six or eight hours to get to this church. So he finally gets there with $10 in his pocket to sew for the offering. The offering comes by, he puts it in the, in the basket. He's like, thank you, Lord, I'm believing for the promise that you have given me. And then he goes and he stands at the end of the, at the like at the door, at the exit of the church. And he's standing there and he's just like waiting. Okay, Lord, I know that you are going to have somebody walk by and say, hello there. I just feel this prompting to give you $300. <laughs> and he stayed there until every single person had left, including the janitor. And nothing. And nothing. And so instead of complaining Instead of feeling disappointed, he got back on his bike, he headed back home, and the whole way he was saying, well, Lord, I guess that's not the way you wanted to get me the money. But one of the things that he had said was that previously he had asked God for $300. But as time was passing and he saw nothing was happening, he, he started negotiating with God. Well, actually, maybe, maybe 200 will be enough. And he said he got to a point where I think it was like $80 is what he had gone down to. Like, this is the bare minimum. I need at least $80. And God told him that things were not happening because the moment he changed the amount of 300 to 200, 
he had lost his belief. He had lost his belief. And so he corrected him in that moment and he went back up to 300. <laughs> and then he went to the church, did all this. So he's riding on his bike and there is this uh, intersection where he sees something out in the middle of the intersection that caught his eye. And so he gets off of his bike, he walks over to it when there's like these red lights and he sees it's a wallet. So he grabs the wallet, he opens it up, it doesn't have any identification, nothing. Nothing, but guess what? $300, $300. And inside the little fold in the wallet was also $10. The $10 that he had sewn. I'm telling you, what you say out of your words, with your words, what you say out of your mouth makes a difference. What you believe in your heart makes a difference. He sees your intention with the little and the much that you have been given. He is ready to multiply that for you, entrepreneur. He's ready to multiply that for you. But are you willing to go to the extreme of understanding that if it doesn't work in your time frame, in your way, according to your limited capacity, It can still happen outside of that. We need to be willing to break the mold, to step out of the box, to see God differently for exactly who he is. We have literally by our words and our deeds put handcuffs on God, on what he can do for you. That is not the life that you want to live because that's not the life that he has promised you. He wants you to have rest and rest in him. He wants you to build your belief to a point where you're willing to go through the fire. He wants you to go the extra mile. He wants you to learn to do the hard things without complaining. He wants you to be steadfast at all costs. Steadfast. Why? Because he wants to use us. And we get to be used. We don't have to, we get to. It's a blessing. It's a gift. When was the last time you saw your business as a gift? He wants you to show up differently in 2021. And these last few weeks before 2021 comes, he wants you to make a plan of what that looks like. What are you deciding to change? 
What is the new posture that you are looking to adopt? In the level of faith that you are looking to bring to the table. Remember that the ultimate proof of faith is rest. Are you willing to build the muscle of rest? Are you willing to build the muscle of controlling your feelings? Of taking dominion over your feelings? Because just like in Blake Curry's case, just like in Job's case, when you say, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. When you are willing to say that, just watch what happens. Just watch. You're going to want to write a book right away. You're going to want to scream it out to everyone who will listen because you are, are like, your mind is blown. That's how he works. He's such an awesome God that our minds are blown. It's like, there is no way that this is happening. How is it? How is it that this could happen to me? And all you can do in the end is bend your, go down to your knees and just praise him and thank him. So today, we are going to pray to be steadfast in our willingness to go deeper. In our willingness to commit to a life of rest and effortlessness. We can do this. There is time. It's never too late. God does not work by the human clock. It is absolutely never, ever too late to turn it around, to see your business flourish, to see your family at peace and united, and then take the step to take that same gift to others as well. So let's go ahead and let's pray this week in that God would show us himself consistently this week that we would be having spiritual lenses over our eyes so that we could clearly see him see who he is in all circumstances here we go father god we are just so thankful that you would take your time to show us these truths. That the things that we hold as normal in this society are not normal at all. That we are acting completely out of alignment with your word. When our default mode is to be stressed, is to be overwhelmed, is to feel that we always have to do more, in order to be loved, accepted, or approved. Lord, you are teaching us a new way. You are telling us that you are sufficient. 
You are enough. We don't need to strive for anything but you. And the rest shall be added on. Lord, how can we continue in this way when you tell us what's available for us? The enemy is hard at work. Hard at work to keep us in that place of disappointment. But today we declare that that stronghold of sadness, of disappointment, of discontentment will be broken off. And instead, we will adopt your truth of joy, of commitment, of steadfastness in your love. And we will be grateful the rest of our days for the mighty works that you are doing in and through us, through our family, through our children, through our grandchildren, through our clients and their families. We ask your hedge of protection over each and every person listening to this podcast. And we just trust and we know that when we look to rest, we will find you there. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me. Day 340, friends. Isn't it crazy? I'm just like, how, how, how can this happen? It can happen. If it were up to me, I think I might have gotten to day 30. Probably. But then I'd make a few excuses here and there, right? <laughs> but no. He is steadfast. We need to walk in that. We need to believe that. We need to be that. And just watch and see what he will do. If you are not yet a member of my text squad where I let you know when I'm going to come live, uh, feel free to text me. Just say, hey, Monica, at 408-539-9611. I will add you into my contacts. You can add me into your contacts. And if you have any prayer requests, anything you want to say, feel free to send me a message and I will respond to you as soon as I see it. So have a fabulous day. Please uh, keep me in your prayers as I will be jumping on a plane in a few hours to head over to Tennessee for the whole week. Um, I have an amazing husband who just said, you know what? You need to be over there. Just go for the whole week. I've got all the kids. I'll, t I'll take care of them. I'll figure it out. They will all be alive when you come back. <laughs> and... Um, and so he is a blessing. So pray for him and this family who's going to be uh, left alone for a week. And, uh, and also pray for me as, you know, when you leave your family behind, I just need to remember to be in a place of rest. Isn't that interesting? I'm just preaching to myself here. <laughs> Monica, just go be in a place of rest. All is well. So thanks, guys. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be um, meeting you live, but from uh, from Tennessee. So that will be really fun. And, um, and I can't wait to meet you there. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 
God bless. If you have any prayer requests, feel free to put them in the comments and our community will stand by you in those. Have a fabulous day, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.